pass through his open gates with the password of praise. Come right into his presence with thanksgiving. Come, bring your thank offering to him and affectionately bless his beautiful name. For Yahweh is always good and ready to receive you. He's so loving that it will amaze you, so kind that it will astound you, and he is famous for his faithfulness towards all. Everyone knows our God can be trusted, for he keeps his promises to every generation. Lift up a great shout of joy to Yahweh. Go ahead and do it, everyone, everywhere. Worship Yahweh with gladness. Sing your way into his presence with joy. And realize what this really means. We have the privilege of worshiping Yahweh our God. For he is our creator and we belong to him. We are the people of his pleasure. You can pass through his open gates with the password of praise. Come right into his presence with thanksgiving. Come, bring your thank offering to him and affectionately bless his beautiful name. For Yahweh is always good and ready to receive you. He's so loving that it will amaze you, so kind that it will astound you, and he is famous for his faithfulness towards all. Everyone knows our God can be trusted, for he keeps his promises to every generation. Lift up a great shout of joy to Yahweh. Go ahead and do it, everyone, everywhere. Worship Yahweh with gladness. Sing your way into his presence with joy.
wonderful and glorious Sunday it is. We're so glad to have you here at Victory Christian Fellowship. And if you're watching online, we just want to say welcome to you as well. Father God, we're so grateful that you are strong and mighty. You are the Almighty. You are all-powerful. You are all-knowing and you are omnipresent, Lord. And we give you thanks and praise that you're here with us today. And we give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship the Lord together. Are you ready to worship this morning?
worship this time. Just worship God in heaven. Thank him for who he is. Thank him for what he does. We just want to worship him in this atmosphere today. When I look into your holiness, when I gaze into your When all things that surround become shadows in the light of you. And when I found the joy of reaching your heart, when my will becomes enthralling your love, when all things around become shadows of light Yeah. 
we have more instruments than just our mouths to worship God. I mean, when angels appeared to people, when an angel appeared to John, he fell to the ground like a dead man. So worship God with your hands, your feet, your eyes, your body. Amen. Your whole being. Lord, you are truly great. You are the only one who is worthy, worthy, worthy of all of our praise. There is no one like you. And we are so privileged to be able to come before you and to know you. And Lord, I thank you that you are speaking to your people today. I'm not a God who's far away. I'm very near and I'm at hand. And I've come to you to be up close and personal with you. To have an intimate quality fellowship with you for your life. I've made it possible for you to walk with me. Take my hand. Follow the leading of my spirit. And I will take you to your promised land. Just like I took my people. So come with me. Let's walk together. Let's talk together. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. You're going to do that? Amen. You may have your seats. Thank you, Signature Worship Team. You know, having a plan is good, but we're not tied to a plan. The Holy Spirit is the, is the conductor of this orchestra. And um, we do what he wants to do at any given time, at any given moment. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, after this week, we're going to make a new confession, emphasizing something else in the Word. So this is our last day about declaring the power of the blood. Isn't it awesome that we can speak the word of God? Amen. Hallelujah. You know, no other God gave their followers that privilege, but we can. They can. They're dead. Yes. <laughs> there are no privileges for other gods. Yes. <laughs> Amen. Thank so let's Lord. make our confession of faith. There, there is, is power in the, the blood, blood of Jesus. Jesus. His blood contains the life and love of God. The blood of Jesus is more precious than silver and gold, for he is the unblemished and spotless Lamb of God. 
Through his blood we are forgiven. We have been fully redeemed from sin. The blood of Jesus is a shelter of divine protection all around us, and we are kept safe from our enemy. We have faith in the blood of God's Son because it freed us from the guilt of sin. It makes us acceptable to God and grants us eternal life. Jesus, filled with the fullness of God, has reconciled us to himself and given us peace through the blood of his cross. Through Christ's blood, we receive mercy. We are born again. We have a living hope. We have an inheritance from God. The blood of Christ through the eternal Holy Spirit has cleansed our consciences from dead works and has enabled us to serve the ever-living God. We can confidently and freely enter God's throne room by the blood of Jesus. We can come before God in truth, sincerity, and confident faith. Jesus granted us access to this holy place when he died on the cross. We overcome the accusations of the devil by the blood of the Lamb and our own personal testimony. At Victory, our vision is to reach out beyond our walls with the message of salvation, hope, and inheritance, to proclaim the uncompromising Word of God, to build a strong body of believers, and to encourage relationships in a loving atmosphere. We activate God's word to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. At Victory Christian Fellowship, we are inheriting God's promises and experiencing their benefits. I want to say something uh, about overcoming the accusations of the devil. There is an antidote for that. If he has injected you with his accusations, the antidote is the blood of Jesus and your testimony that you have accepted the blood of Jesus. You can start there. That's your first testimony. That you accepted the blood of Jesus and it covers payment for everything. It covers the poisons that the devil wants to put in you. So when there's accusations that come against you, you already have. And once you are born again, you already have the cure from those words. Accusations always come in word form. You ever see anybody do an action of accusation? (laughs) It's always laser focused on you. That's what an accusation is for. It is a personal DNA scripted, languaged phrase, phrases, words. And if you ever sat in a room and asked people to disclose the mental accusation they uh, build houses with in their mind, you'll find that the words are the same. They're all the same words, every one of them. The devil's vocabulary is limited. And so when you can say the blood of Jesus, I plead the blood of Jesus right now. Any accusation that comes in your mind, I plead the blood of Jesus. That's my testimony right now, the blood of Jesus. And the fact that my mouth has more stuff in it than your mouth, you devil. Do you see how that works? So uh, that stuck out at me today when we were saying this confession. It's the final time we're saying the confession. So um, we overcome by these ways. 
it doesn't matter how old the accusation is. This is the great news. No matter how long that accusation has been in your system, the blood of Jesus is the antidote that snaps it out right away. Amen? So thank you, Lord, for the blood of Jesus. Amen. Good morning. It's good to see each one of you here today. I greet you in the mighty name of Jesus. Today we have a new outreach into our community called VCF Sports Chapel. Woohoo! So you are invited to join us after service for our first praise and worship event. It's at the Ridge Road Sports Complex, that direction. When you leave, turn right, cross over Gravel Hill Road or Railroad, and it's right there to the left. So you can also see Abby and Devon for more information because transportation is being provided for those who would like to hitch a ride. So you see where you're going, right? Um, so it's planned for half an hour, 1230 to 1, and we would love to fill the, p- fill the place with praise and worship and minister to all the people down there on the field in between games. It's Sunday, and we're bringing church to the field. Hallelujah. Okay, and then there's a note here about um, the change container next to the offering podium. So you can put your change in there. I encourage you to put large change in there. Because the more we sow, not only in money, but in our words, like we were just talking about, the more we reap. That's the principle in the kingdom of God. And then um, that change container goes for commission club projects. And also, if you're writing a check, you can put a commission club on the memo. And we have some traveling planned here to, hmm, let's see, Liberia, India, and Guyana this upcoming month. It'll be here before we know it. And then Tuesday is our youth group. We have our summer supreme. We're meeting outside for the first half of our time together, then coming in here. So teenagers ages 12 and up, you want to be be here on Tuesday nights. And then um, we're also traveling. Some of us are traveling to the fire conference at Dr. Rodney Howard Brown at his ministry down in Tampa. So that's coming up the end of July. And then... That's the youth. Thank you for supporting us back at our, our uh, table there for Palazzo Creations. We enjoy creating things for you to enjoy. And then Wednesday night refreshing this week is at 6.30. And next Sunday is July 2nd. Woohoo! Next Sunday is July 2nd, and that's the Sunday that we have our guest speakers Reverend Andrew Taylor. Is his wife joining him this year? And his wife, Ann, will be with him this year. So that's next Sunday, our guest speakers. And they come from the Asia-Pacific area. So we welcome them next week. Invite a friend and uh, bring your offerings to support their ministries. They have Bible schools. They have an orphanage. They have a lot of outreach in that, we used to say corner of the world. But it's not really a corner. (laughs) 
that area of the world. It's a bend. There you go. And uh, it's like a, the, the light arc. Is that how it is? Okay. And then you are invited, women, to Dr. Fiona's Fiona Inc. business has the high-value woman group. It's on Facebook. You want to be part of this mentorship group because we have high value, but if we don't know it, we, don't, we can't use it and share it with others. God placed high value on us. Come learn about it, and we will learn together that, like, I was helping someone with a little bit of algebra yesterday. I said, I can help you with the numbers and a little bit with the letters, but those exponents up there, I'm not so good at. But when we all learn together the same thing at the same time, to me, that's like exponential. Yeah. So women, check it out. You can go to FionaInc.com and you'll find out about it. I think it just comes up. If not, it's under products. And you can buy some T-shirts while you're at it. She has some pretty cool T-shirts on, on our website. So um, the Lord bless you. Hallelujah. Say, God is good all the time. Hallelujah. He's never bad, never has a bad day, never has a bad moment. God is good all the time. All right, I want to invite uh, Devon and Abby to come up at this moment. Dr. Fiona, hallelujah. We're going to pray for them. And I think some folks are going with them today that yep. know and that if they're going. And if, if you know you're going, come on up. Yeah, if you know you're going, come on up and Sorry join them. said you're going, come up. Yeah, the VCF Sports. Uh, so let me explain what happened last Sunday. We're driving home, but not home. Well, this is home. We're driving to church. <laughs> And Pastor Doug and I, we looked and we went, wow, look at how many. And I thought, to my, and in front of us is a car from Florida. I thought, you know, I bet these people are torn. First of all, they probably like to be in church, but they paid a lot of money for their kids to play. So here they are. So why don't we just lean into it? So we're right here. So let's offer them a service on Sunday. And then I asked Abby on Wednesday. Wednesday, right? It was Sunday. Or Sunday. And by Friday, we had the plan all put together. Isn't that awesome? So we thank God for that. So we're naming it VCF Sports Chapel on purpose so it's portable. So any event that comes there in that location, we can help minister on a Sunday to give them church. Amen? And this way they can always find us online as well and they can hook up with us in that way. And we pray today for salvations. And Yep. So. And uh, this is part of reaching out uh, into our community. You know, um, in order to grow this church, we have to be where people are. And so we want to share the gospel in different ways, in different places, with different groups of people. So Heavenly thank Father, you, we thank you for your anointing yes. and your touch yes. upon these people yes. that are willing and able. Lord, thank you yes. for filling them with your goodness yes. and your power yes. to be witnesses unto you. you and Lord, we thank you that the atmosphere that they will create yes, through praise, yes. Lord, will unleash the power of God. Yes, and you will touch hearts. Lord. And Lord, you will uplift people and build them up and cause hope to be generated in yes. their lives. Yes. And Lord, I give you thanks and thank praise you, for this opportunity and this yes. open door. Yes. 
to go into our community and to share the gospel because, Lord, we are confident and know that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes it. And we give you thanks and praise that they will present the gospel and the love of God with the power of God in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. And we want to just uh, pray for people in general to receive salvation. Heavenly Father, we're so grateful and thankful that you came to seek and save that which was lost. And Lord, for every lost person in our community and in this area and in this region, Lord, we give you thanks and praise that we can connect with them and share the truth of Jesus with them, Lord. And we are participating in your plan to build your kingdom. Lord, you, you told us to go and to preach the gospel to every creature. And, Lord, that's, that's exactly what we want to do. And so we give you the glory and the honor and the praise for being so gracious to save people and to uh, deliver them and to set them free in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Glory to God. How many know that we can overcome lack? What overcomes lack? Generosity overcomes lack. And uh, generosity is a cure to greed. And generosity, it comes from a transformed heart, prayer, the Holy Spirit, and fellowship. Generous people recognize themselves more as stewards and not as owners. Generosity enhances vision. It releases power and the effectiveness of the vision. The generous are rewarded by God. Generosity is the backbone of increase. And generosity flows freely out of love and a willing and obedient heart. And let me read something about how the spirit of generosity affected the early church. You can follow along with me in the book of Acts, chapter 2. And uh, let me just read it from here. Acts chapter 2, starting with verse uh, 42. Hallelujah. And it says this, Acts 2 and 42. And they, talking about the people that had gotten born again, 3,000 of them in one day, they... uh, Continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, that's teaching, and fellowship, so important to fellowship, and in the breaking of bread, that's communion, and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders, signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common. And sold their possessions and goods. Can you think about that? They sold possessions and goods. Well, they had the possessions to sell them. And they were willing to sell them. Amen? And what did they do? And divided them among all as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, 
They ate their bread, uh, their food with gladness and simplicity of the heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily uh, that was being saved. And in another place in Acts it says, and, and no one lacked. Everybody say, no one lacked. Look at your neighbor and say, you're not going to lack. Amen? So I just want to encourage you in your giving today here at VCF. We don't pass a container, but we do have containers by the bookstore. And as you come in, we call those our seed planters. And you can give your tithes and your offerings and uh, whatever you want to do for the Lord. Uh, any special opportunity, amen, you can uh, designate glory to God. And we are getting the gospel out all around the world. And uh, coming up, we're going to be training young people in India with the word. We're going to have, VCF is going to have a part in uh, training them to send them out into their own country with the word. Amen. And uh, at the end of this year, VCF is doing a uh, full out crusade in Liberia. Uh, We're going to have a three or four day conference. Um, My contact there just emailed me. The schedule, which we're going to have to adjust a little bit. But, but uh, you know, God has this open door for us to touch three nations this year. India, Guyana, and Liberia. We've, I've never been to Liberia, but this will be the first time. So God is good. Amen? And uh, our part is uh, if we can't go, then we can send. Amen? So, Father, I give you thanks and praise. I pronounce the blessing of the Lord on your people and on their gifts and on their giving. And I thank you, Father, that we love to give because we love you. And you're the source of all good things. And we honor you and bless you and praise you. Uh, And thank you, Lord, for your goodness in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. All right, kids, we're going to dismiss our kids to our kids living in faith every day class. So kids, have a good time. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You know, as believers, we have the ability to communicate with God. And you know, the way that we communicate with God, it's called prayer. And um, God wants us to be people of prayer. And we have Jesus who, he is a praying example. And I want to just touch on some things about how Jesus prayed. And then we're going to look at one of his prayers that he prayed for you. Because we can learn a lot about how Jesus prayed by reading and understanding how he talked with his father, what he prayed about, because that's a pattern that we can follow in our lives. Amen? Say there's power in prayer. You know, if you were to take the the letters of prayer, P-R-A-Y-E-R, that's power readily available at your ever requesting. How many would like some power? Well, it's available. All you got to do is request it. Power readily available at your ever requesting prayer. Amen? And uh, just want to let you know that effective prayer, you know, when you pray, you, wanna, you, want, you want your prayers to produce results. How many want their prayers to produce results? 
All right? Well, what's an effective prayer? It's powerful. Effective prayer is powerful. It uh, produces good results. It produces good results. It invites and welcomes God's presence. It invites and welcomes God's presence. It changes circumstances from negative to positive. It changes circumstances from negative to positive. It enforces God's judgment. It enforces God's judgment. And it neutralizes evil. I like that. Did you know that you can neutralize evil with your prayers? Hallelujah. You know, our government has the Air Force, but God has a prayer force. And uh, effective prayer is something that every believer can do, but some are more effective than others. Why is that? It's because of what they've been taught or what they've experienced. And uh, effective prayer is a scripturally informed response of persons saved by grace to the living God who can hear and answer on the basis of Christ's payment. I'm going to say that again. Of the penalty which sinners uh, uh, deserved, but he didn't give it to us. He paid the price for us. Effective prayer is a scripturally, it has to be based in scripture. A scripturally informed response of people saved by grace. That's you and I, amen? To the living God who hears and answers on the basis of Christ's payment of the penalty of sin. Thank God for Jesus. Amen? As such, prayer involves several aspects. So, you know, Jesus, he prayed a lot. He couldn't do what he did in saving the world without prayer. Jesus was a person of prayer. Look at, with me at Mark chapter 14 and verse 23. Mark 14 and verse 23. Hallelujah. We're going to get our prayer on today. Mark 14 and verse 23. And it said, uh, oh, I don't know if that's the right one. Uh Let's not go there. Uh, I'm sorry. Let's go to Mark 6. Mark 6. And let's look at uh, verse 45. Mark 6 and verse 45. Immediately he made his disciples get into the boat... And go after him to the other side, to Bethsaida, while he sent the multitude away. And when he had sent them away, he departed to a mountain to pray. So Jesus closed up the meeting. He was the last one there. He sent the people away. He sent his disciples in the boat. And what did he do? He went up onto a mountain to pray. 
Jesus was in constant communication with his father. He, and when he uh, chose his disciples, he had prayed all night the night before in order to make the right choice and choose the right people. And uh, his ministry was successful because his prayers were successful. Would you say that Jesus was an effective prayer? Yeah, he, he, God heard his prayers, amen? And when we pray like Jesus, he hears our prayers too. Say, God can hear my prayers. Hear my prayers. Right? Yeah, he's, he's listening to you. All right? Hallelujah. Glory to God. All right, go to Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1. And usually when Jesus prayed, he normally got by himself where he could be free from distractions, where he could not only talk to God, but to hear God's voice. How many know it's, it's good to be free from distractions when we pray? All right. Mark chapter 1 and uh, look at verse 35. Now in the morning... Having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. Everybody say, there he prayed. Jesus prayed at night. Jesus prayed in the morning. There was no particular time when he prayed. He prayed all the time. Amen? If prayer was important to Jesus, shouldn't it be important to us? I'm not saying that it's not, but I'm just pointing out that Jesus took time to pray. You know, sometimes we can get so caught up in doing things for God, we forget to be with God. Oh, but I'm serving here. I'm serving there. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. Yeah, but you're too busy. Isn't that the Martha syndrome? Right? She was cooking the meal. She was setting the table. She was making sure the house was clean. And where was Mary? Mary was just sitting at the feet of Jesus. And Martha came in and she said, Jesus, you better tell Mary to come and help me. And I'm paraphrasing. Jesus said, that's not going to happen. Uh, much to Martha's surprise, right? Jesus said, Martha, Martha. You know, when he says your name twice, he means some serious business, right? He said, you're too busy with too many things. Mary has chosen the better part. Everybody say the better part. What was she doing? Sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening to him, listening to the word, taking the word in. So that she can meditate, so that she can grow, so that she can develop. Amen? And uh, Jesus told Martha that which, you know, Mary did is not going to be taken away from her. Right? So she chose the better part. Don't get so caught up in doing that we don't take time to pray. Oh, I did all these things, but I forgot to pray. Well, then your things are going to be ineffective. Amen? God wants his people to pray. Hallelujah. 
right. Um, Let's read Psalm 119. Psalm 119 and verse 145. Psalm 119, that's the longest book in the Bible, or the longest chapter, I should say. Psalm 119 and verse 145. It says this, I cry out with my, what? Everybody say, my whole heart. When we pray, we shouldn't just be praying from our head. We shouldn't just be praying out of our emotions. We should be praying out of our whole heart. Prayer is where we can pour our heart out to God. Besides, God's, you're not going to tell anything that God doesn't know. Right? If you have a bad attitude before you pray, it's not going to surprise God that you had a bad attitude. And us trying to hide it is going to make no difference because God already knows it. All right? I cry out with my whole heart, hear me, O Lord. I will keep your statutes. That's your word. Right? Verse 146, I cry out to you, save me, and I will keep your testimonies. I rise before the dawning of the morning, and I cry for help. I hope in your word. Glory to God. See, his prayer was from the heart. It was based in the word. It was all about the word. He was just declaring the word back to God. All right? Let's go to Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5. You believe that prayer can change things. Then we have to become expert prayers. What's going to help this country? Prayer. And we've got to be able to pray with the love of God for every politician, even if you don't agree with their philosophy. Can I, I need a bigger amen than that. Amen? Now, granted... I have been prone to complain, but you know what? That doesn't help the situation. What's going to help our country, what's going to change this nation is prayer. They took prayer out of schools, and what happened to the schools? When they took prayer out, they had to put metal detectors in, right? You, You can trace that decision back in the 60s. When they took prayer out of school, and you can see the decline of the production of school, of education. It goes down, right? They just, we, we, the church allowed prayer to be taken out of schools. That should have never happened. And that's something that we should repent of, amen? But it's, it's in the past, so Luke chapter 5 and uh, verse 16. Luke 5 and verse 16. It says, um, well, let me read verse 15 too. However, the report went around concerning him all the more. Great multitudes came together to hear and be healed by him of their infirmity. Everybody say great multitudes. If you're having great multitudes, you better be having great prayer. Okay? So great multitudes were coming to be healed. All right? Verse 16. So he himself often, everybody say often. 
withdrew unto the wilderness and prayed. So Jesus often withdrew to get away from the crowds so that he could pray, so that he could have the power to minister to the people. The power that Jesus operated in came from the relationship with his father. The closer you are to God, the more power you walk in. Amen? I'm saying some really good things here. That's okay. If you don't amen, I'll just amen myself. That's all right. All right, go to Luke chapter 6 and verse 12. Luke 6 and verse 12. And look at, it says, Now it came to pass in those days that he went out to the mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. Everybody say continued all night. My goodness, I can't even go 15 minutes, let alone all night. No, I, I can go more than 15 minutes, but... I'm just making a statement, right? I'm making a point. See, some people might be daunted at the amount of time. Oh, I mean, I have to pray for an hour. I mean, Jesus told his disciples in the garden, can't you pray for an hour? Can you tarry with me one hour, right? They'll say, oh, how... I've never prayed for an hour before. How can I do that? When you get close to God, you get caught up in his presence, you lose track of time. Don't consider the time, consider the quality of your fellowship with God. You know, Jesus, he continued all night in prayer, okay? And he was praying to God. Verse 13. And when it was day, he called his disciples to himself, and from them he chose twelve whom he named apostles. So he prayed, all, he had an all-night prayer meeting, him and God, so that he could make the right choice and choose the right people so that they could fulfill God's plan. Amen? And you know Jesus wasn't looking at his sundial or his watch. Right? You've got to be addicted to God's presence. And there's no place like his presence. And when you enter into his presence to talk to God, you're going to get consumed by his presence. You're going to be caught up in his glory. Amen. It's going to be wonderful. And you're going to, you're going to get out of that place and you're going to say, where did the time go? Amen. But we have to love God's presence. All right? Go, go to Luke chapter 3. Luke chapter 3. And look at verse 21. Luke 3 and verse 21. When all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus was also baptized and while he prayed everybody say while he prayed what happened the heaven was opened have you ever been praying and god opens up the heaven hallelujah you're praying all of a sudden he pulls back and you like see things right you experience things 
What happened? How did the pres- how did heaven open? Because he prayed. Jesus had a direct line into heaven. He had a direct connection to heaven, just like you and I do. Because of what he did, and we have faith in Jesus, we get to have a direct connection with the Father. We get to talk to God. We can go boldly into the throne room of grace and obtain mercy and find grace when we need it. Anytime, place, anywhere. Because of what Jesus has done. Amen? Hallelujah. All right? Let's go to Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11. And by the way, this part of the message was added this morning when I was here. (laughs) I wasn't planning on doing this, but the Holy Spirit said, yeah, you need to do this. I said, okay. All right, Luke chapter 11 and verse 1. Now it came to pass, as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. As John also taught his disciples, they heard Jesus praying and they said, I got to learn how to do that. And he said, teach us to pray. And, you know, people call this the Lord's prayer, but it's really principles of prayer, honoring God as father, right? Uh, Praising him, hallowing his name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Uh, that's not necessarily a prayer and uh, because it wasn't prayed in Jesus' name and he wasn't talking to the Father. He was te- one of his disciples asked him, teach us to pray. So he was teaching some principles. You know, Jesus is willing to share his secret principles with you. It's not a prize in a Cracker Jack box. He will talk directly to you and share his secrets with you. That's the kind of God we serve. Amen? Hallelujah. So, uh, he was praying, and his disciples wanted to learn how to pray, and he began to teach them. He began to give them principles of prayer. Amen? Uh, All right, go to Luke chapter 22. Luke chapter 22. And look at verse 31. Luke 22 and verse 31. Hallelujah. So Jesus told one of his disciples, he said, Simon, Simon, indeed Satan has, desi- has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. Satan wanted to snuff out Peter because he saw Peter as a threat to the kingdom of darkness. He saw Peter as a problem, and Satan wanted to sift Peter out. He wanted to shake, you know, sifting is to put the wheat in a thing and shake it, keep the good stuff, let the chaff blow away. He wanted Peter to blow away like chaff, okay? Notice what Jesus did, verse 32, but I have prayed for you that your faith should fail or should not fail. Now, notice this last phrase. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. Everybody say, when you have returned to me. Not only did Jesus recognize the attack that was coming on Peter, and he warned Peter about it, but he also prayed, and he also prayed in faith, because he knew that Peter was going to return. He had confidence in his prayer. Amen? He knew, and 
when Satan attacks you, you can pray that it's not going to happen. You can pray to stop the enemy's attack. Glory to God. If the Holy Spirit alerts you or God quickens you to knowledge about someone experiencing an attack, you can intervene through your prayers. That's what Jesus did. And yes, Peter denied the Lord, but what happened? He came back just like Jesus prayed. That's effective prayer. Amen? Now, I want you to go to the Gospel of John chapter 17. And we're going to look at a prayer. Because this whole chapter is about Jesus praying for you and for me. And we're going to see how Jesus prayed, and it's going to give us some insight on how we should pray so that our prayers can be effective and powerful. John chapter 17, look at verse 1. Jesus spoke these words. Everybody say, speak. Powerful prayers are prayers that have been verbalized. You know... One time, someone was in the church and they said, let's bow for a moment of silent prayer. And the devil said, amen. (laughs) Prayer was not meant to be silent. Did you ever hear Jesus praying a silent prayer? No, it's always speak, it's always talking. Every instance is of him talking with his father, using his mouth, using his words verbally. All right. Jesus spoke these words. Okay. And he lifted up his eyes to heaven. Who are you looking to for the answers? What's your focus on? When you pray, you've got to focus on God. You've got to make God bigger than your problem, bigger than your circumstance, bigger than the events that are transpiring in your life. Amen? So, he looked his, he lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, what's the very first word that he prayed? Father. Oh, did you know that the key to effective prayer is to pray to the Father in the name of Jesus? You are having a conversation. Jesus is the key, but the Father is the supply. Jesus opens the door to the Father. Jesus himself is praying, and he starts off his prayer, Father. Can you say amen? Amen. The hour has come. He was about to go to the cross. He was about to suffer. He was about to take the sin of the world on himself. All right? And Jesus is calm, cool, and collected. How would you be if you knew that you were facing a cross? And the crucifixion and the pain and the torment on all that went with that. Would you be calm, cool, and collected? It all depends on where your confidence lies. Okay? So, Jesus, he spoke these things. He looked to heaven. He said, Father, the hour has come. He said, glorify your son. And your son also may glorify you. Our goal in prayer ought to be to glorify God. Not to glorify the devil. Not to magnify the problem. 
not to keep reiterating what's wrong, but to find a solution. Amen? This is good teaching today. Okay? So, his mind was filled with devotion and faith. He was, he had no shame or fear. Everybody say, confident prayers. Fear has no place in your life or in your prayers. My God, they're so big and ferocious, I hope you do something. No. No. Go back to the Word, take another dip. Amen? And tell yourself that God's not giving you a spirit of fear. So get rid of that first, and then you can go ahead and pray. Okay? So, um, for some reason, I like this word. Uh, Jesus was dauntless. It means freedom from alarm, coolness in encountering danger, and undaunted courage or boldness. Now, granted, he's about to suffer on the cross. He's about to get whooped. He's about to get nailed. He's about to have the crown of thorns on his head. He's about to go through extreme pain. But yet, notice how he's praying. He's not praying based on the pain. He's, ba- he's praying based on the promise of what's going to happen when, when the Father uh, takes over. Amen? Okay. So, uh, he, he, uh, he, you got to recognize God's ability over your own ability. Amen? God's got the power. He's got the knowledge. He's got the goods. Yes. All right? Okay? And uh, one, I wrote this down, one should be comfortable praying before trouble hits that it becomes their default when trouble occurs. Let me say that again. One should be so comfortable praying before trouble hits that it becomes their default when trouble occurs. If you were playing with matches and you caught yourself on fire, what would you do? Come on, tell me. Stop. Drop and roll, right? Well, I'm telling you, stop, drop, and pray. (laughs) No, you should roll if you're on fire. (laughs) Actually, when I was a young boy, um, one of my friends had a treehouse. And uh, we were in that treehouse, and we were playing with matches. And we were lighting stickers on fire. But can I tell you something? Don't light a sticker after you've taken the the backing off and it sticks to your finger. Cuz I lit a sticker when the backing was off and it stuck to my finger and I couldn't get it off and it was on fire and I burnt my thumb. True story. I couldn't go swimming that day because my thumb was wrapped in bandages. How'd that happen? Oh, let's not go there. Don't light stickers on fire. I couldn't stop dropping roll. I kept shaking. It kept getting hotter and hotter. Thank God I I learned from those things. Hallelujah. Jesus 
welcomed the opportunity about what he was, a, what he was to go through. See, when your faith is in God, it doesn't matter what's about to break loose. It doesn't matter what's about to happen. It doesn't matter what, what kind of attacks the enemy is going to bring. Because your faith is in God. God's going to see you through. Amen? Okay. So, uh, he, uh, he prayed that God... What was the basis, what scriptural basis could you, is it scriptural that God wants to glorify you? Yes, it is. Jesus never prayed apart from the word. Of course, he was the word, right? Go with me to John chapter 8. John chapter 8. We're going to come back to John 17. So uh, go to John chapter 8, verse 54. John 8, verse 54. And it says this. Jesus answered, if I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my Father who honors me, of whom you say that he is your God. Yet you hear, uh, you have not known him, for I know him. And if I say I do not uh, know him, I shall be a liar uh, like you. <laughs> but I do know him and keep his word. Your father Abraham rece- rejoiced to see my day and saw it and was glad. Then G- the Jews said to him, uh, you are not 50 years old, and have you seen Abraham? Jesus said, most assuredly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. Okay? So God was going to, see, to glorify means to honor. It means to exalt. God honored Jesus because Jesus honored God. Amen? And uh, in John 12, you don't have to go there, but John 12, 27 to 30, Jesus prayed for his father to glorify his name. All right? And uh, go to John 13, John 13, and verse 31. I'm showing you that even Jesus had scriptural reasons to pray when he prayed. So when you want to pray, make sure you have scriptural reasons to pray what you're praying. <laughs> I'll never forget I was at, when I was at Ramah. You know, things can get a little crazy when you're at Bible school. And uh, we were in line. I think it was like maybe registration or something. I don't remember the exact scenario, but we were standing in line, and this one lady came up to this guy, and she said, the Lord told me to marry you, that you were going to marry me, and uh, he just smiled. He said, well, he didn't tell me. <laughs> so, you know, she, can't, she would have no scriptural reason to pray that that's going to be my husband, right? <laughs> Only some crazy thoughts in her own mind. I, but no, another true story. That's, that actually happened. I witnessed it. So, glorifying God has to be our goal in prayer. What does it mean to glorify? It means to ascribe weight by recognizing real substance and value. Do you understand the value of God? How awesome He is. How incredible He is. Alright? It means... To value God for who he really is. So when you're glorifying him, you're valuing him for who he really is. And you can ascribe glory to God, uh, acknowledging his true character. All right? So uh, here is where God is glorified. All right? I'm going to give you a list of things that glorify God. Okay? Uh, in Matthew 5.16, God is glorified when people see your light. 
Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify God in heaven. God is glorified when you let your light shine and you do good things representing God's kingdom. Amen? Um, 1 Peter 2.12, God is glorified when your behavior is excellent and your good deeds are seen. All right? I'm just summing it up, but I'm giving you the reference so that you can check it. Don't just take my word for it. But don't check it now. Check it later. Okay? God is glorified when people see God's miracles. Matthew 15:31 They praised and glorified God at the miracles that they saw. So, when a miracle is produced, God is glorified. Our goal in prayer is to glorify God. That's what Jesus was praying, right? He said, "Glorify me because I've glorified you." All right? Um God is glorified when they see the impossible and the fear of God shows up. In Luke 7, uh Jesus raised the widow's son of Nain. And after he was raised, the people glorified God. So, uh, God is glorified when health is restored to someone suffering. When, when, do, when did people who got healed, when did they glorify God? When they were healed. Amen? Because, God, why? God's in the healing business. He doesn't want to see people sick. It's not his will. As much as he doesn't want people to go to hell, he doesn't want them to be sick either. And the same power gets you out of both. Hallelujah. All right? God is glorified when one sees and recognizes God's righteousness. Luke 23, 47. The centurion said, truly, this was the Son of God. After the earth quaked, he recognized who Jesus was. Okay? Um, John 14, 13. God is glorified when we pray to the Father in Jesus' name and he will answer you. Hallelujah. He will bring it to pass. God is glorified when you produce much fruit in your life. Amen? So if you want to pray to produce much fruit, that's glorifying God. God. God wants you fruitful. He doesn't want you fruitless. God doesn't want you faithless. Amen? He wants your fruit full. Faithful. God's a filler, not an emptier. Hallelujah. John 16, 14, God is glorified when the Holy Spirit takes what's his and he shows it to you. When he shows you the secrets of the kingdom. When he shows you hidden treasures, God is glorified. Amen? All right? Um, God is glorified when people testify to the work he has done, Acts 21, 17 to 20. When people testify to the work that God has done. You know, a testimony ought to be, okay, this is where I was, but this is what God did. You ought to focus more on what God did than where you were. So when you give it, if someone asks you to give a testimony, where you were, little, what God did, big. Right? That's the focus. Hallelujah. All right? God is glorified when we are unified and serve others, Romans 15, 5 through 10. When we're, when we're together in unity, God is glorified. Unity glorifies God. 
It's division that, that the enemy likes. Um, God is glorified when you treat your body as a sanctuary. 1 Corinthians 6, 12 to 19. Say, my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. You know, when I read that passage of Scripture, this is how it goes in my mind. What? Don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? that's That's how I read it in my mind. All right? Say, my goal... In prayer, is to glorify God. So you're praying, you're you're make, you're aligning your prayer with His value, with His goodness, with His nature, with His characteristics. All right, okay. I better get going since that's just verse one. Let's go back to John 17. Look at verse two. So. Jesus said, as you have given him authority over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. You know, Jesus is authorized to issue eternal life. Hallelujah. Where did he get that authority? God gave him that authority. God placed his authority in Jesus, and Jesus placed his authority in you. That's how it works in the kingdom of God. Amen? Now you have the authority, now you have the authority to introduce people to eternal life you introduce them to jesus which comes the authority from god to him to you amen say i've been authorized you 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 can be an eternal life specialist say next time you have a conversation tell your friends say hey guess what i'm an eternal life specialist see what kind of looks they give you okay what does that mean? Let me show you. Let me tell you. Hallelujah. All right. Verse 3. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the one true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you sent. What's eternal life? Is it going to church? Is it being a good person? Is it operating in spiritual gifts? What is eternal life? Based on the words of Jesus that are recorded in the Bible. It's knowing God and knowing Jesus Christ. That's eternal life. It's who you know. It's a relationship. And out of that relationship, yes, once you know Jesus, you should go to church. Once you know Jesus, you should uh, operate in those other things. But first step is knowing Jesus. That's eternal life. If this church wasn't here and if you knew Jesus, you'd have eternal life. Amen? Eternal life is knowing. That's an, that's an intimate knowledge. That's an up close and personal. All right? All right, verse uh, 4. I have glorified you on the earth. I have finished the work which you have given me to do. You know, part of us glorifying God is knowing his will and doing it. Jesus would you say that Jesus did God's will? If you didn't, I'd have to pray for you. <laughs> Jesus came to do God's will. He didn't come to do any other thing. What makes us think that we need to do something else other than what God wants us to do? 
Jesus made it his life goal to do what God wanted him to do, no matter what. Paul did too. Paul said, I have fought the fight. I have finished my course. I have run the race. And Paul said, I finished my course with joy. Listen, you can't, it's not checkout time until you can confidently say, I finished my course with joy. If you can say, I finished my course with joy, then sayonara, ciao, aloha, whatever. But until you get to the point, if you can't confidently say, I finished my course with joy, then it's not your time to go yet. And that means people who haven't finished their course checked out early or Satan got involved and took them. God never takes people. The only people he ever took from the earth, he took alive. Elijah and Enoch. God's not a thief. He doesn't take, he gives. Now, if someone dies in Christ, they have a relationship with Jesus, but they didn't understand about long life, he receives them in heaven. But he didn't take them. There was a holy hush over the audience there. Hallelujah. So when we're praying, we have to be committed to doing God's will. Because that's us glorifying God. You didn't come here just to develop your career or be who you are. You came here to please the Lord. God created you and put breath in you so that you could please him. So that you could do what he created you to do on this earth. So that you could build what you need to build. So that you can develop what you need to develop. So that you can help who you need to help. Now it only took Jesus three and a half years to do the Father's will. Because he was so committed to doing what God wanted, it took just a short time. Amen? So, our purpose is to serve God. Our purpose is to seek God's kingdom. Our purpose is to do the Father's will. Our purpose is to finish the divine task. Our purpose is to complete the course joyfully. Our purpose is to attain Christ-likeness. But we have to pray that way. If, if we're not doing that, it kind of hinders our prayers. Amen? But we've got to be Christ. When you accept Christ, what do you become? A Christian. You become Christ-like. You become a little Christ. You look like him, you talk like him, you sound like him, you even smell like him. You feel like him. I feel like Jesus. Jesus was fully human just like you are, just like I am. Amen? He was the God-man. He was 100% God, 100% man. Okay. Hallelujah. Verse 6. Well, verse 5. And now, Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory which I had from you before the world was. Jesus is getting back to his glory. Why? He's going to go back to heaven. He's getting ready to go back to heaven. All right, verse 6. I have manifested your name to the men whom you have given me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me, and they have kept your word. You know what? What does Jesus put his name with? Is Jesus' name associated with lying or deception or harmful to people? So if we're praying along those lines, we're not honoring his name. 
Now, don't raise your hand, but some of you might have, when, when something was done to you or said to you, you might have prayed God's vengeance, <laughs> right? Your prayer might have went like this, Lord Jesus, help me to show them what I think I need to do to them, right? <laughs> something like that. No, that's an unscriptural prayer. <laughs> You know, when Jesus' disciples saw, saw some other people ministering Jesus to people, they said, should we call fire down from them? Jesus looked at them and said, you don't know what spirit you're of. That was the wrong spirit. That was the wrong motive. Okay? It's not God's heart to harm people. Look what he did to save people. He'd rather show mercy than judgment. But he will show, he will, judgment will come if, 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 we don't, if people don't change. But... He, he gives them so much mercy before the judgment comes. Amen? Okay. So now, uh, verse 7, they have, they have known that all things which you have given me are from you. For I have given to them the words which you have given to me. And they have received them and they have known surely that I uh, come from you and they have believed that you sent me. All right. Now, verse nine. Now he's praying for us. Say he's praying for me. I pray for them. I do not pray for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. Wow. Jesus wasn't praying for the world. He came to save the world. But he wasn't, in this particular instance, he's not praying for the world. Okay? And all mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. Now I am no longer in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to you, Holy Father. Keep through your name those whom you have given me, that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in your name. Those whom you gave to me, I have kept, and uh, none of them is lost except the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. He was speaking of Judas. Okay? Verse 13, but now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in them. Jesus is praying that you would have his joy. Hallelujah. Say, I can have Jesus' joy. Isn't that an awesome thing? We can have Jesus' joy. Now, uh, let me get to this point here. Um, Verse 14. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Don't be surprised if the world hates you. (laughs) Because it hated Jesus. It hates the word and you got the word in you, it'll hate you too. Don't be shocked. Don't be surprised. Amen? Why? He who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. You, you have overcoming faith. Amen? This is the faith that overcomes the world. This is the victory that overcomes the world, your faith. All right? Okay. Verse 15, I do not pray that you should take them out of the world. If, you, if we've ever prayed for rapture practice, that was an unscriptural prayer. Lord, take me now. No, he's got you here because there's people that you need to reach. There's things that you need to do. There's a will that you need to accomplish. There's something that you need to finish here. Don't you get the idea of checking out early before your your task is up because that gives more work for us. If you don't finish your task, someone else has got to finish it. Amen. 
You can only go when your joy is full. <laughs> All right? He didn't, Jesus doesn't, some of you might be in a job. Lord, take me out of this job. Well, who's going to be a light if you're not there? Who's going to shine for Jesus if you're not there? Have you ever thought about that? Maybe you're there to be Jesus to those people so that they can see someone who actually believes in Jesus, so that they can hear someone actually talk about Jesus, so that they can see someone respond with the word to life's challenges. You might be the only Jesus that they see and hear. God was not, he was not praying that they'd be taken out of the world, but through his strength, through his power, through his glory, through his word, through his Holy Spirit, through his goodness, you can succeed in the world. God needs some believers in the world. There's going to be a, there's coming a time when he's going to take the believers out of the world. That's the rapture. Amen? And then the Antichrist is going to take over. But until that time, let's be about the Father's business. Let's be people of prayer. Let's get God's divine plan and divine design for our day, for our families, for our future, and let's get, get about the Father's business. We cannot sit on the sidelines any longer. When we come to a church service, we need to be fully engaged in worshiping God. This place ought to, be erupt, this place ought to erupt like a volcano. Or... It can be so quiet that the holiness of God just comes in and there's not even a sound. You know, that, that used to take place a lot back in the day. Where the, the, I don't know if you've ever been in a service where a presence is just so thick and nobody wants to move, not even a, a kid makes a sound or anything. You're just sitting there and the holiness of God is like... <sighs> See, God has a variety of ways... Of moving, He doesn't just move one way. He doesn't just do one thing. He has many ways. And he'll emphasize what needs to be emphasized in that moment. We just got to be able to yield to the Holy Spirit. And be able to flow with him. Whatever he wants to do. Amen? You know, every week, people at BCF get to, get to see a spiritual gift in operation. You know, that's not just for the church. It's not, I mean, it's not just for the church service. It's for you. Every nine gifts of the Holy Spirit are for you to help people. The Bible says we can desire the best gifts. What's the best gift? It's whatever is needed at the time. There are, there are gifts that reveal things. There are gifts that say things. And there are gifts that do things. There are nine of them, three categories of gifts. Speaking, revealing, and uh, doing, you know, power gifts, Right? We ought to get more developed in those gifts. Amen? How, how, what, what is something that I could do to develop in the spiritual gifts? I could read about it in the Word, but I could also ask the Father in the whole, to, to show me more about it, to give me wisdom about it so that I can operate in it. How many would like to operate in gifts of the Holy Spirit? Amen? Let me just give you an example. This is a side note. I won't charge you anything extra for it. When Jesus went to the well in Samaria, he struck up a conversation with a woman, right? And um, to make a long story short, he told her, he said, go get your husband. And she said, oh, I don't have a husband. And he said, 
yes, you've had five husbands and the man you're living with now is not your husband. How did he know that? That was a fact that everyone who knew that woman and the woman knew, but it was revealed to Jesus by the Holy Spirit. It was a gift of uh, uh, word of knowledge. And it was a revelation of an already known fact. How did the Holy Spirit give that to Jesus? He gave that to Jesus so that he could help minister to that woman. And that spiritual gift caused that woman to recognize him to be a prophet and to go tell half the town, said, come here a man who knows, who told me everything about my life. Could this be the Messiah? Half the town comes out to hear Jesus for themselves. One gift of the Holy Spirit caused Jesus to minister to one woman who ministered to a town. You see how that works? This is why we need to tap into these things. This is why we pray effectively based on the word. Based on scripture, this is what Jesus is praying. Amen? All right. Um, Verse 17, sanctify them in your truth. Your word is truth. Say, I'm sanctified sanctified. in the truth. Today I'm I'm bathing you in the truth. I'm I'm bathing out any religious prayer from our, our, our inner man. And I'm, I'm teaching about scriptural prayer. You can't get a better example of prayer than Jesus. Amen? Okay. Uh, verse 18. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. Say, I've been sent. You didn't just show up. You were sent. You were sent here. Who sent you here? God sent you here. He brought you here. Doesn't matter how you got here. You got here through a mother and a father. Someone who gave birth to you. Someone had to give birth to you because that's how Jesus got to the earth. He had to be born on the earth so that he could operate in the earth. Even God himself follows his own word. If God didn't follow his own word, he'd have showed up to the earth in a different way. But he follows his own plan. Son, I need you to get to earth. Okay, how am I going to get there? You're going to be born. Uh, Pastor Nelson shared this with me yesterday. Can you imagine Jesus created his mother who gave birth to him? Whoa, that's deep. That is deep. Jesus created his mother who gave birth to him. Woo! That's good stuff. I was like, man, I never thought about that before. We had a little revelation party in the kitchen. That's, that's true. He, Jesus created all things. He created his mama. And his mama gave birth to him. Hey, Jesus, I'll return the favor. Thanks for creating me. I'll bring you to this earth, boy, for great things. Did Jesus have a purpose? You know, Jesus didn't show up on the earth and say, what am I supposed to do? Where am I supposed to go? From an early age, Jesus knew that he had business to take care of. From his father. At the age of 12, he was discussing with the doctors of the law. He was talking with doctors. He was talking with Dr. Fiona. (laughs) She would have been a doctor in that group. Hallelujah. 
Let's go down to verse 20. I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through the word. Have you believed in him? So guess what? This prayer is directly for you. It's not just for those people at that time. It is for us today. He is praying this prayer. This prayer went into the future. It went into generations. Hallelujah. It went beyond time. He's praying for us. Everyone that would believe in Jesus. Hallelujah. That they may be one as our Father, as you, Father, are, are in me. That they may all be one as you, Father, are in me and I am in you. That they may also be one in us that the world may believe that you sent me. We need to be one in God. We need to be connected to God. Amen. How are we going to get connected to God? Through prayer. Spending time with him. Talking with him. You know, prayer is not just us doing all the talking. Sometimes God's in heaven saying, would you just let me get a word in edgewise, please? Amen? Sometimes prayer, it's listening. Why? How else are you going to get the answer? If you're doing all the talking, you're not going to come up with your own answers. You've got to stop and listen. Prayer is a dialogue. It's not a monologue. It's an exchange with God. Amen? All right, verse 22, and the glory which you gave me, I have given them. He will share his glory with you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Our God is awesome. That they may be one just as we are one. I in them and yes, you in me. That's abiding. You know, John 15 said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, plural, you can ask whatever you will and it shall be done. Because if his words are abiding in you, your, your will and his will are one. And when your will and his will are one, you can ask anything. Because you're never going to ask uh, against the word. You're never going to ask against the will of the Father because your wills are one. But it, it, you have to abide in him and his words have to abide in you. All right? Okay? Um, verse 23, I in them and you in me that they may be made perfect. Say, I'm, I'm perfected. Did you know that when you met Jesus, you are complete? You, need, you don't need another person in your life to make you complete other than Jesus. The missing part in everyone's life is Jesus. But once you get Jesus, you are complete. Amen? That was the missing piece that we were born with into sin. But once that peace is in there, glory to God, we are complete. Say, I'm, I'm complete in him. In the book of Acts, it says, in him we live and move and have our being. Are we living in God? Are we moving in God? Are we having our being in God? Amen? We're not part of a dead church. We're part of a glorious blood-bought church. Amen? And, and right now, until Jesus comes, he's got his ironing board. That's the heat of the Holy Spirit. He's ironing out the wrinkles. He's removing the spots. And he's getting us ready. He's making our bridegroom attire. That when he returns, 
He's looking for a glorious, victorious, overcoming church. Not a wimpy church. Not a dead church. Not a stale church. Who likes stale bread? I don't. I like fresh bread. God's people need to be fresh. We need to be on the cutting edge. We need to be pressing into God's presence with our whole beings. How can we increase that? Spend more time with him. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you're with him. You come in here Sunday, you ought to be supercharged. You ought to come in here. Can't wait till Abby starts playing the piano and Nelson starts playing the guitar and Josiah starts playing the drums and Dr. Fiona starts singing. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And Devon plays the other guitar. I'm going to be ready to worship my God because my God is good. But the enemy has, has trained religious people so much over the years. They were, people have been, I mean, I came out of a religious church. The only thing I moved was I, made, I moved my hand in the sign of the cross and I got up, stood and kneeled and sat down. That was it. But man, when I met Jesus, whew, he set me ablaze. Hallelujah. I'm going to burn for Jesus. And I want people, you know, one, one, uh, one instructor at Raymond said, get on fire and people come watch you burn. Amen. We need to be on fire. Sometimes we just need to shake any religious hindrance to our worship. We just need to shake it off. Shake off those heavy bands. What, what does it mean? Uh, he, God gives you a garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. You could be like Clark Kent. You come in this door and you change clothes. Right? He was always Superman, but he'd go into a phone booth. He was Clark Kent, but he'd go into a phone booth, and in a second he'd be Superman. You need to, come, you need to walk in this door, and you need to put on your garment of praise. As you're walking down this hall, get into your seat. You need to have your garment of praise. Ready to praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Our prayer life is going to help us do that. All right, verse 24. Father, I desire that they also whom you have given me may be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory. (laughs) I'll tell you what, right now, if you believe in Jesus, he's building you a mansion in heaven. He said, if it weren't so, I would have told you. In my Father's house are many mansions, and I go to prepare a place for you. He's expecting you to be there. Don't miss the ship. Don't miss the boat. Don't miss the flight. Make Jesus your Lord and Savior if he's not already. And if he is, then tear it up with the, the power of God. Amen? Hallelujah. Verse 25, O righteous Father, the world has not known you, but I have known you. And these have known, you, these have known that you sent me. And I have declared uh, to them your name and will declare it that the love with which you love me uh, may be in them and I in them. God wants his love in you. You know, love is the fuel that increases the fire. Love for God, love for people, it ignites a fire in you. Amen? So that's how Jesus prayed. Read, read that prayer. Meditate on that prayer. I just touched on a few things. I just brought a few things out. But that's, that's our master praying. Not only for the people there, but he prayed for us. Amen? 
He has a path. And you know, right now, he's sitting at the throne and he's still making intercession for us. Well, I've said this before, but I'll say it again. When I was living in Illinois, I wasn't married. And uh, one of my friends, man, he was, he was just having a hard time. He was struggling. Things weren't going right. And uh, so we had a prayer meeting. And oftentimes, we would get together and we would just pray in the Holy Ghost for an hour. And, and one time, we were praying. There was about seven or eight of us. And all of a sudden, it started with one person. And it went around the entire circle. This person started to laugh. That person started to laugh. That person started to laugh. And boy, we just had a good time in the Lord. And that was just because we, we prayed. Well, anyway, my friend was going through this rough time, right? So, you know, God will come to you on your level, right? So he saw Jesus in his robe with pom-poms. <laughs> and Jesus was jumping up and down saying, you can make it. You can do it. I'm cheering you on. That ministered to him. Right? God knows how to minister to you. Amen? But that touched him. That helped him. That blessed him, my friend. And, and oh, hallelujah. Let me just, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus, you need to know him so that you can pray like he prayed, so that you can do what he did, so that you can worship like him. You know, Jesus was a worshiper. You don't think that in those times that he prayed with his father, he, he worshiped him, man. He, he, he put his father first in everything. He put God's kingdom first in everything. Jesus lived a life of worship. But if, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus, today's a good day to meet him. Amen. And if, if you're here, say, I don't know Jesus, just put your hand in the air. Just want to pray.